It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? Happy Monday. Billy Rossetti with you guys on another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Presented to you by Pepsi. Made for football watching. Listen, this football season will certainly be different, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another week here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. I hope you guys had yourselves a good weekend and enjoyed the game on Sunday. Of course, not the result that Panthers fans wanted, but we'll dive into what was a hard-fought game. Let's be honest. It was a, a tough game. And a, a good performance. Overall, I thought it was a good performance by the Carolina Panthers. But again, it was unfortunately the result Panthers fans did not want to see as the Panthers come up on the losing end of week one against the Las Vegas Raiders. Final score, Vegas 34, Carolina 30. And we'll certainly dive into some of the some of the notes from this game. And then we're going to talk... I want to kind of start, we'll do, we'll do like, I guess, a little segment here on Mondays, um, f- like a former Panthers watch, right? We'll look at some of the former Panthers, namely, of course, Cam Newton. We'll have like a Cam watch, how he did. Uh, we'll touch on Ron Rivera and uh, the Washington football team, and maybe even sprinkle in a little bit like Greg Olson, because he scored a touchdown in week one. So we'll do all that, and then, of course, kind of swing around the NFC South, uh, put that into perspective a little bit, and then a little bit of the rest of the NFL. So that'll kind of be the how we'll try to do things here on Mondays now, uh, going forward in the season. And then Tuesdays, we'll um, we'll try to touch on some tape, see what happened there, and then um, we'll start getting ready for the next week's opponent. And of course, we've got crossover Thursday, which this week is going to be another good one because I always enjoy talking to either David or James. So uh, fun week coming as the Panthers get ready for the Buccaneers. But let's go back, of course, and talk about what happened yesterday against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the, the first thing I have to say, of course, is the Panthers basically did exactly what I said they had to do to win this football game, right? They had to score points to kind of keep pace with the Raiders. And that's exactly what happened, right? I mean, the offense... You know, let's face it, the offense looked pretty good here in uh, week one. They scored 30 points. I mean, you know, not much more you can ask for uh, scoring 30 points in your regular season opener, especially when you haven't had a preseason. So that that makes it all the more impressive. Um, You know, the you certainly don't want to give up 34 points in that instance. But overall, I think you have to be pleased with how the Carolina Panthers did 
in week one. They moved the ball pretty well on some drives. I mean, look, first half, they had four drives, and they scored on every single one of those drives, right? A couple field goals and a touchdown ended up only being down by two points at the half. It was 17-15 at the half. So overall, you had to be pleased uh, when you got into halftime. Uh, they were moving the ball well. I mean, they come out in an empty set. Uh, the first play from scrimmage, Christian McCaffrey's lined up in the slot um, in a, a two-by-two set. So you're already seeing they're going to move McCaffrey around. They're going to move some of these guys around. And then they let Bridgewater, you know, throw it a bit. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, some some short game. But uh, they let him throw pretty deep a little bit. Um, was Certainly a little hit and miss, as he has been throughout his career, but, you know, that's something that can uh, potentially be worked on. But they they moved the ball fairly well in the first half. And, um, you know, getting a lot of people involved. Christian McCaffrey just was his, uh, his Christian McCaffrey self, and uh, they were getting Robbie Anderson involved a little bit. And uh, Curtis Samuel early on had a couple of catches. Didn't get DJ Moore involved a lot, though, too. But um, eventually that uh, that gradually increased. But uh, overall, and then the offensive line, I thought they did pretty well um, in pass protection, um, especially the interior, because that was, of course, the uh, the biggest question mark here was, you know, the three interior guys, namely Matt Paradis. But you're also looking a little bit at, of course, the two veterans that they brought in this year and John Miller and Michael Schofield, who, of course, got the start in place of Dennis Daly. Pass pro, I thought they did pretty decent. Run blocking could have went a little better, especially from parodies. I thought there were times that uh, parodies didn't really get a lot of push, or he was kind of getting pushed back, or he wasn't really hitting anybody at all. So there's still some question marks on the interior, but when you have a running back like Christian McCaffrey, you can almost kind of mask... Uh, some of those problems to an extent you know you're not going to completely cover up the problems they're eventually going to get exposed but to a certain point you can kind of negate those problems and that's what the Panthers I thought were able to do with Christian McCaffrey now they did have some good blocking on that first air uh that first I almost said Aaron Rodgers because I'm looking at tweet tech as I'm talking about this and I see an Aaron Rodgers tweet uh, but they had some good blocking on that Christian McCaffrey run uh, the first touchdown, I should say, you know, uh, you know, running inside zone, uh, everybody quick off the ball. You got a couple of good double teams on the two defensive tackles, and then McCaffrey just kind of able to squeeze his way through the hole in the middle of the line and, uh, you know, shed a tackle. I think Jonathan Abram was there, but McCaffrey was able to get away from him and kind of scoot his way into the end zone. So, you know, some good runs there from uh, Christian McCaffrey and then uh, another good run on the uh, the second touchdown run. So I was I was pleased with the offense and, you know, the numbers of uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a pretty solid debut for his uh, for being the Panthers quarterback. He went 22 of 34 for 270 yards, one touchdown, that one touchdown, of course was a 75-yard score. So at least they did get the big play score uh, to Robbie Anderson, who had a nice double move uh, on the Raiders' corner. I think it was, if I remember correctly, I think it was Damon Arnett. I, I could be wrong, but I think it was Arnett 
Um, but Anderson had a nice double move on him, got open, and then a nice adjustment to the ball uh, to get in front of the other uh, defensive back there, make the catch, and then he was off to the races. So that was really nice to see. And then, again, some of the other receivers, you know, Curtis Samuel had some nice catches, did have that drop, um, but, you know, it could have been a little uh, better ball placement by Teddy Bridgewater. And then, um, actually, the play right after that was that quick screen that they tried to run to DJ Moore, but I don't know if DJ Moore wasn't ready for it or if it was just a little off target, what the case may be, but that... That fell. So that was actually one of those first half drives that ended in a, a field goal that potentially could have ended in a touchdown. And you kind of see how things like that add up and ultimately make a difference in the uh, the final result, right? I mean, if that that drive ends in a touchdown, that's four extra points. And oh, by the way, the Panthers lost by four points. And that was with, you know, missing an extra point, but. Uh, down the line, getting a two-point conversion. Actually, after the Robbie Anderson touchdown, uh, Anderson got the two-point conversion as well. But, you know, those four points, those sometimes make all the difference. And that was one of the the things I had said at halftime that uh, was a positive that could have been better, too, was, you know, scoring on all four drives in the first half. But then it became a matter of turning some of those field goal drives into touchdown drives. And unfortunately, they didn't completely do that because they had, what, I think four out of six drives in the second half end with uh, with zero points. You know, they had the two touchdowns in the second half, McCaffrey and then Robbie Anderson. But other than that, they had a couple of drives stall out, uh, a couple of costly penalties too, especially on defense. But, you know, we'll get to the defense in a little bit. But like I said, overall, despite the loss, I thought there were some positives from the offense. You know, it was uh it's finally good to see a a healthy quarterback. And obviously no disrespect to Cam Newton. You know, it was a tough decision to move on from him. But just in general, good to see a healthy quarterback uh running this offense. And then, you know, you obviously saw the the connection with Joe Brady and, and Teddy Bridgewater, uh the comfort level there. And letting letting Bridgewater kind of throw it a little bit, you know, no turnovers, no no turnovers is nice. It was a a clean game. In fact, I don't I don't think either team had any turnovers. No, you know, uh, Devonte Booker had that fumble, but it went out of bounds. But neither team had a turnover in this game, so it was a clean game. You know, just some uh, just some correctable mistakes that uh, that hurt the Panthers in this one, but they scored points. That's the key thing. And that's just what this offense has to continue to do, especially over the next couple of weeks, because you've got Brady and the Buccaneers next week. You're obviously going to have to score points on them. You've got the uh, LA chargers who can strike fast on you. I mean, they only scored 16 points in week one, but um, you know, that was kind of another uh, instance where, um, the Chargers are just kind of coming to, to gel together with a new quarterback and no preseason. Uh, they got banged up at the running back position, too. Justin Jackson had an injury, and Joshua Kelly ended up having a, a really good really good performance uh, in week one behind 
Austin Eckler. Uh, so this offense, uh, they scored points against the Raiders, and they're just going to have to continue to do that uh, throughout the rest of the season. And like I've said, I, this offense, to me, I think is going to score enough points in some of these games that they're going to win some of these games. In fact, I, I had a bit of a conversation with a Twitter user yesterday. And, um, you know, Mark, if you're listening, shout out to you. We talked about um, how the Panthers may not necessarily need Mar- um, Trevor Lawrence. It could be a guy like Micah Parsons could be a better fit. And I said, I think the Panthers are going to win a couple games that they're going to take themselves out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. You know, and I still think there's some winnable games on this uh, on this schedule here. Certainly Chicago looks like a winnable game. Detroit, after their meltdown again last night, that looks like a winnable game, you know, so, and, and they'll probably steal a couple games too that we don't, uh, we didn't expect them to win. I mean, they were, they were close to winning this game, you know, 34 to 30 when some people thought this, they wouldn't even be a factor in this game, but they absolutely were. I mean, you know, all you can ask for is, is a chance in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly what the Panthers had leading in the fourth quarter and then driving with a chance to retake the lead. They had a shot, you know, they just didn't execute. Which, oh, by the way, leads me to that fourth down call late in the fourth quarter, um, deciding not to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey on that fourth and short, when he had already converted a fourth down earlier in the game. But they decided to go with the fullback dive. They decided to give the ball to Alex Arma. And the rest, as they say, is history. Arma was stuffed short. Panthers uh, turned the ball over on downs. And ultimately never really got another shot. They did, of course, have one last shot. But they only had about eight seconds left uh, deep in their own territory. Uh, Didn't do anything with it, obviously. And... That was the end of the game. So Matt Rule, of course, took full responsibility. Basically said, if you're going to blame anybody, blame me for uh, for that fourth down call. So, you know, obviously it's going to be questioned. I mean, you know, we we tend to become prisoners of the moment, of course, with some of these play calls, especially when uh, the result isn't what we what we expect it to be or want it to be. You know, the, the classic example of that of course is Super Bowl 49 when the Seahawks threw it at the goal line, which led to the interception instead of handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. I'm personally still in the camp that the Seahawks made, made a good call and they would have had a touchdown if not for just an incredible play by Malcolm Butler. But I'm just using it as an example because this is kind of a, a similar scenario. But I think it's also fair to question uh, the play call, too. Because in those situations, you want the ball in the hands of your best player, right? Or one of your best players. Well, in that Super Bowl, Russell Wilson had a chance to throw the ball. Well, Russell Wilson's their best player. So they gave Russell a chance to win the game, and he nearly did. In this In this scenario, the ball unfortunately, was not in the hands of the Panthers' best player. You know, no disrespect to Alex Arma, but 
would you trust him over Christian McCaffrey on a fourth and short when, again, Christian McCaffrey had already converted a fourth down earlier in the game? So it's not like it hadn't been done before. He was already one for one. Why not give him another shot to to pound the rock in there? And if, if the Raiders stop him, well, then, you know, so be it. But... They, uh, they didn't give him a chance. Arma was stuffed before the first down marker, and the Panthers lost the game. Now, I wouldn't say, obviously, they lost because of it, but that was you know certainly a factor, and it certainly would have gave them a better chance to win. But, you know, that's a, that's a lesson learned, and, you know, it's a, it's a first-time NFL head coach, only hit. This is only, of course, the second year of coaching experience in the NFL for Matt Rule. And the other year came way back in 2012 when he was an assistant O-line coach with the New York Giants. So he'll learn, you know, and he's got a good staff around him and uh, a good offense that uh, he'll learn. But again, overall, I thought there were some positives to take away going forward, not just for this season, but, you know, you're starting to kind of build the development and the you know the foundation for uh, for this offense, but that's how the offense looked. Um, you know, and oh by the way, of course, ninety three yards, two touchdowns for McCaffrey, uh, as well as a uh, thirty eight yards receiving. So those are the notes on the uh, on the offense. We'll talk about the defense in a moment, and then, like I said, kind of do our uh, former Panthers uh, watch, as it were. So that'll be. That'll be coming up. But before we get into that, uh, a couple shout-outs to our friends first at DoorDash, the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contact list delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite restaurant, and your food will be left right at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. So right now our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On, so again that's five dollars off and zero delivery fees off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. So don't forget that's code Locked On for five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. And a shout out to our friends over at Roman. You know. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, you know, to help you get over things like feeling like you lost your mojo or you had a long day at work, things like that. But with Roman, stuff like that is really easy to talk about because you look at a, a healthcare professional that will con- that can prescribe real medication for you and find you the best treatment plan. And it is simple, it is safe, and it is totally discreet. And Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. So getting started is very simple. Just go to roman.com slash locked on NFL and complete an online visit. 
Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today, and if approved, you will get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. So again, that's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Defense. How did the defense do? Well... Probably about how you expected, right? We uh, we knew that this Raiders offense was going to burn the Panthers defense a little bit. And that was when Dante Jackson and Troy Pride were in the lineup. Then Dante Jackson gets hurt on Josh Jacobs' first touchdown run. And it kind of went a little downhill from there. You know, it put uh, Razul Douglas in the lineup. Now, I will say... Razul Douglas kind of held his own. You know, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, I'm curious to dig more into him a little bit uh, when the film comes out. But watching him on the broadcast, you know, and especially on the the second go-around, Razul Douglas wasn't terrible. I thought he kind of held his own at times and uh, didn't really give up big plays. You know, not bad for a player that just came over to the Panthers uh, about seven days ago. Right, he claimed, was claimed off waivers off the Eagles, and you know he had his moments with the Eagles, just um, never really lived up to the the full potential that the Eagles were hoping for uh, when they drafted him a couple years ago in the third round. But the the secondary wasn't bad. I, mean, I thought Troy Pride Jr. kind of latched onto receivers a little bit. You know, he did of course give up. Uh, one of those touchdowns, actually, to another former Eagle, Nelson Aguilar, which made a lot of Eagles fans quite happy. Um, but, you know, Pride was there. Aguilar just had a, a bit of a step on him, and that's okay. You know, a, a seasoned veteran, Aguilar, against a, a rookie in Troy Pride who, you know, whether he won the starting job or not, and I would venture to guess he probably would have been on the bench to start. Uh, behind Eli Apple, if Apple didn't get hurt, um, but Pride, of course, kind of won the the second corner job almost by default with Eli Apple going on injured reserve. You know, it'll be interesting to see once Week Three is over and Eli Apple is back in the mix, what they do at that second corner position. Now, of course, um. Now you have the now you're dealing with the injury with Dante Jackson and there's no no update there on uh on his status. So hopefully at some point this week we'll get uh some sort of update what's going on with him. But of course he got banged up with I think some sort of lower injury lower lower body injury, I think an ankle injury with um on I think it was the first Josh Jacobs touchdown run. So that didn't put the Panthers in an ideal spot, but like I said, overall, I thought the secondary played pretty well. Of course, there were obviously times that uh, Henry Ruggs burned them, especially early in the game. Uh, Ruggs on that kind of deep over route, um, just found the soft spot in the zones and was able to run all the way down down to near the goal line. Um, so as expected, the Panthers did get burnt a little bit by the speed of Henry Ruggs. But, again, they 
they looked pretty decent. And then front seven didn't have a bad game. I thought the defensive line uh, played pretty decently. You know, Derek Brown flashed what he was at Auburn. And that was a uh, a good run-clogging defensive tackle. K1 Short had a good game. But the biggest issue on defense was they really didn't get a lot of pressure on on uh, David Carr. Or, excuse me, Derek Carr. I'm mixing it up now with his older brother. Uh, with Derek Carr, really didn't get a lot of a uh, lot of pressure on him. In fact, I don't think either team. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, that's right. Carolina uh, Teddy Bridgewater did get sacked once, uh, but Carolina did not get to Derek Carr at all in this game, and that's obviously a, a huge issue, especially when you have. A strong defensive end like um, like Brian Burns, but again, even he didn't get there, you know. And then the uh, you didn't see a lot out of Yitor Gross Matos. Now, to be fair, he really didn't play a lot of snaps. You know, Stephen Weatherly actually ended up playing about sixty percent of the snaps, which was a little more than we thought, given you know we thought he'd be a little more limited because of the hamstring injury, but he ended up playing 60% of the snaps, which was among the most um, in terms of the defensive line. In fact, the only the only defensive linemen that played more snaps than Weatherly were uh, the other three quote-unquote starters, Brown or Burns, Brown, and Short. You know, I think Gross Matos technically got the, got the start... But he only ended up playing 16 snaps, like I said, 25% of the defensive snaps. And that was the the thing, too, is that the Panthers really, and we felt this would happen, too, they really rotated um, along the defensive line. I'll run through real quick uh, the number of snaps uh, on defense. Uh, so four players played 100% of the snap, every single snap, all 63 of them on defense, and that was... Uh, Justin Burris, Jeremy Chin, Shaq, Tom- Shaq Thompson, and Trey Boston. By the way, good, great debut for Jeremy Chin too. Uh, had some nice open field tackles and uh, really moved around, really floated around the field well. Uh, so great start for him, and good to see him already getting uh, a ton of playing time. Uh, Troy Pride, of course, played 58 snaps. Uh, as again, he was forced into a starting role, and then of course with Dante Jackson going out, he really had to step up. Uh, Tyer Whitehead played 57, 57 snaps. That was about 90%. And then Rasul Douglas, again, ended up playing uh, 51 snaps after filling in for Dante Jackson. Brian Burns, 43 snaps. Derek Brown, 43. K1 Short, 40. Stephen Weatherly, 38. Zach Kerr, 24. Bravion Roy, 19. Ito Grossmato, 16. Marquise Haynes played 15. F.A. Obata, 14. Uh, Dante Jackson, 11 snaps before he got injured. Corn Elder saw six snaps. Darius Taylor saw four snaps. And then Sam Franklin saw two snaps at linebacker, but was among the most on special teams, playing 18 special team snaps, which was 62%. That was tied with Elder and Taylor. So a lot of uh, mixing and matching uh, with the Panthers on defense. And they had a couple of... Nice stops. You know, there was a drive where the Raiders were 
uh, eventually inside the five, and the Panthers made a couple of good good tackles in space to stop them short of the goal line, including that third down stop where Carr got the ball out to uh, Jason Witten, which is still really weird to see Jason Witten not in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. I mean, playing in a playing in a NFL game, but not wearing a Cowboys uniform. Not necessarily counting, of course, the year that he was on Monday Night Football. But he was out there a couple yards shy of the goal line, but Whitehead was able to get out there and uh, knock him out of bounds and make a good stop and hold the Raiders to a field goal. So, you know, the Panthers, like I said, on that one offensive drive, had those two drops. That, uh, that drive could have ended in a touchdown, but they also saved four points by keeping the Raiders out of the end zone uh, deep in uh, deep in their own territory. So, again, a lot of good and uh, some just some correctable mistakes. Um, but overall, you know, pretty decent on uh, on defense. But we knew the secondary, uh, especially at the cornerback position, uh, was going to get tested. And that's exactly what happened. These young guys got tested, and they showed that they are rookies and they are young players, and they just need more of that experience. But it was good to see that rotation on defense. Um, like I said, I would have thought Gross Modest would have played a little bit more uh, than just 25% of the snaps. Um, I think as the season wears on, he's going to going to eventually see an increase uh, in his snap count. But you'll see Weatherly certainly. They obviously showed that Weatherly is ready to go too. I guess they weren't as concerned about the hamstring injury uh, with him playing 60% of the snaps. So those are going to be uh, your, your big rotations. And then as we've already seen, we'll see Haynes in there and we'll see some of these other guys, even at D-tackle, we'll see Roy in there. We'll see Kerr in there. So this team will not be afraid to mix and match. They also showed a b- bunch of multiple fronts up front. They had they showed a bunch of even fronts. They had some odd fronts. You know, and they said they were going to do that. They said they wanted to kind of mix and match on the defensive line and throw a bunch of different looks at uh, at opposing offenses. But ultimately it came down to the Raiders offensive line got the better of the Panthers defensive line. I mean, these guys are bullies. These guys are really good. You know, Rodney Hudson at center, like I said, Incognito, Gabe Jackson, Trent Brown, who was banged up a little bit. Um, but you know, overall, this is a good Raiders offensive line. They got the better of the Panthers defensive line. And that to me was one of the key the key figures in the Raiders winning this game. I knew it was going to be a tough matchup. I knew this was a matchup that the Panthers had to win if they wanted to win this game. And unfortunately they didn't. And that helped lead to the Raiders winning this game and Josh Jacobs going for almost a hundred yards and three touchdowns. So, but, but like I said, like, like I've been saying, there's some positives to take away from this game. You know, the the foundation of the, especially on defense, the foundation of the defensive line is there. You've got Brown, you've got Burns, you've got Gross Matos, you've got Chin. They're all, I mean, you had four rookies starting 
on defense. You know, you don't see that too often. But four rookies started this game. So, you know, the foundation is there. It's just continuing to build that foundation. So, but of course, it doesn't get any easier like we talked about earlier. They've got Tampa Bay next week. That's going to be a tough matchup. Um, you know, Brady had his ups and downs yesterday, um, but it was obviously a really good Saints defense. You know, this is going to be a, a much different matchup for uh, for Brady than what he went through in week one. So that kind of wraps up the uh, the defensive side of the ball. Um, in a moment, of course, we will we will touch, like I said, on some of the uh, the ex Panthers watch. We'll do the Cam watch, circle around the NFC South, and start getting ready for Week Two. But first, a shout out to our friends over at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser with caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp among their new flavors, as well as, of course, a lot of their original flavors that you guys know and love, like coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Built Bars, of course, are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. So you get the deliciousness of eating a candy bar and the health consciousness of eating a protein bar. And these are great if you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in the delicious treat. And they're also great for a keto diet as they're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. So if you guys want to check out Built Bar for yourselves, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off your next order. So again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, gets you $10 off your next order. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So we'll start, like I said, kind of a a new segment here on the podcast, and that's going to be the Cam Newton watch, because I'm sure Panthers fans are going to be keeping an eye on Cam Newton uh, up in New England just to see how he's doing over there. And look, he is back. <laughs> That's the the simplest way you can put it right now. Cam Newton is back. He looked healthy. He looks refreshed. He looks ready to go. I thought he played very well in his debut yesterday with the Patriots. And I mean, he had two rushing touchdowns. He had 75 yards. I mean, that's something you obviously just never saw from a Patriots quarterback because Tom Brady just, of course, never had the athleticism to run the ball. I mean, we all are aware of Tom Brady's wonderful 40-yard dash uh, at his combine back in 2000. But, I mean, like I said, he ran the ball well. He commanded that offense. He threw the ball pretty well. You know, he didn't. He obviously didn't put up big numbers, but... 
with the way the the game kind of went, I mean, New England kind of was in control of this game for basically the entire game. You know, it was scoreless after the first, but it just felt like this game was all New England. The final ended up being Patriots 21, Dolphins 11. Newton was 15 of 19 for 155 yards. He was sacked twice, um, but, I mean, when you only throw four incompletions... That's a pretty good day. And like I said, carried the ball 15 times, 75 yards, two touchdowns, led the way uh, in rushing, and then spread the ball a little bit in the passing game, but you know certainly got well-connected with Julian Edelman, targeted him seven times, five catches, 57 yards. Uh, Nikhil Harry, five catches, 39 yards, and then James White, three catches, 30 yards. So overall... Great performance from Cam Newton, and it's just exciting to see him healthy. Now, I'm sure, of course, certainly that uh, that makes some Panthers fans disappointed. But again, you know, with the injury concerns and the pandemic, and the Panthers just wanting to have a, a fresh start on offense and feeling more comfortable, I guess, with Teddy at the helm in connection with Joe Brady. You know, I'm sure all those things kind of led to the decision to make the change on defense. But Cam's fired up. He's, um, and I wrote about this on my side blog. I said, when Cam Newton is healthy, everybody wins. Because it's just so fun to watch Cam Newton. And that's exactly what happened yesterday, watching the Patriots. It was fun to watch Cam Newton. Um, it, it was just a fun time. So... Cam Newton, 1-0 as quarterback of the New England Patriots. Um, And then another former Panther, of course, we'll touch on Greg Olson. Did score a touchdown for the Seahawks uh, in his debut. And what was a... uh, And this will kind of lead... This will be a good lead into uh, the NFC South wraparound that we'll talk about. Or that we'll get into now. As the Seahawks beat up on the Falcons by a score of 38 to 25 as Russell Wilson put on a clinic 31 of 35 322 yards four touchdowns no interceptions he was sacked three times uh, but four touchdown passes um, and he also rushed for 29 yards actually led the Seahawks in rushing uh, funnily enough with 29 yards as Carlos Hyde 23 yards on seven carries Chris Carson 21 yards on uh, six carries pair of Seahawks receivers both went for at least 90 yards it was 95 and a touchdown for DK Metcalf 92 yards on eight catches for Tyler Lockett for the Falcons Matt Ryan 37 of 54 450 yards two touchdowns and one interception Todd Gurley in his Falcons debut 14 carries 56 yards one touchdown And the Falcons actually had three receivers crack 100 yards in this game. Julio Jones, nine catches, a buck 57. Calvin Ridley, nine catches, a buck 30, and two touchdowns. And then Russell Gage, nine catches for a buck 14. Uh, All three of them were targeted 12 times each. So uh, quite the offensive day, but... When you're up against a guy like Russell Wilson doing what he did, throwing four touchdown passes, 
uh, to three different receivers as Chris Carson actually did his damage in the passing game. 45 yards on six catches with two touchdowns. And then you had Greg Olson, four catches, 24 yards, one touchdown. When Seattle's doing things like that, it's tough to beat them. You know, of course, fortunately, as we know, the Panthers do not play the Seahawks in 2020. Uh, they, of course, play the Cardinals in week four. But we do get Cam Newton against Russell Wilson next week on Sunday Night Football. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, so the Falcons start 0-1. And then, of course, in the big NFC South battle in week one, it was New Orleans 34, Tampa Bay 23 as Tom Brady, of course, is much anticipated. Tampa Bay debut uh, certainly could have been better. Uh, 23 of 36, 239 yards, two touchdowns, but he did throw two interceptions, one of which, of course, was a pick six by uh, Janoris Jenkins, and that really helped turn the tide in favor of um, of the Saints. You know, the Buccaneers did get the first touchdown. It was actually a rushing touchdown by Tom Brady, ironically enough. But uh, then the Saints came back, and then the Buccaneers never led again. Drew Brees, another strong performance, 18 of 30, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, another good day, two total touchdowns, uh, 68 total yards. Only had 16 yards rushing, though, uh, but did have 51 yards receiving. Jared Cook led the way receiving with 80 yards on five catches. Latavius Murray led the way rushing, 15 carries, 48 yards. Actually ended up with more carries than Kamara, even after Kamara just um, just signed that uh, big contract extension. Uh, but again, he did have the five catches and the 51 yards, while Latavius Murray uh, only had one target and did not catch it. So total yards-wise, Kamara beat out Murray. Uh, but interesting to see M- Murray... Uh, get more involved. We really didn't see that a lot last year. Uh, Murray was more or less just kind of a uh, a spellback, you know, kind of giving Alvin Kamara a little bit of a breather uh, from time to time. You really didn't see Murray get a lot of work, other than the games that Murray or that uh, Kamara missed with an injury last season. So that was uh, interesting to see. And then, of course, the Saints. Tried to pull their bag of tricks as they usually do, throwing Taysom Hill out there on third downs and failing as they seem to tend to too often uh, when that happens. But overall, uh, the Saints get the better of Brady and the Bucks, 34-23. So now it's a battle of 0-1 teams on Sunday as the Panthers take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road. Um Obviously, another tough matchup. We saw, you know, he certainly know Josh Jacobs, but Ronald Jones had a nice day rushing. 17 carries, 66 yards. In what was, you know, we were all being led to believe that, oh, well, Ronald Jones is struggling in pass protection and he may not get much work. And you might see Leonard Fournette a lot, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, Leonard Fournette had five carries for five yards, and he had one catch for 14 yards. So six total touches for Leonard Fournette. I mean, Ronald Jones basically led the way 
in the uh, the rushing department or in the uh, the running back department in total too. You know, with um with 20 carries, you know, Bruce Arians did say too that Ronald Jones was the guy. This was even back I think when they signed uh LaShawn McCoy and I think it was kind of reiterated when they brought in Leonard Fournette. Well, Bruce Arians we know is a coach that tells it like it is. And he certainly at this point was not joking. You know, he he gave 20 touches to Ronald Jones and like I said 68 total yards. So he's going to be another key factor that the Panthers will have to to keep an eye on on Sunday and then obviously the passing game. I mean, we know the Bucks are able to to spread it out quite a bit. Uh, Chris Godwin had 79 yards on six catches. Scott, Scott Miller, 73 yards on five catches. O.J. Howard, 36 yards on a touchdown. And then uh, a few other receivers all got in the mix. Mike Evans, though, actually only had one catch on four targets. But remember, Mike Evans, uh, there was a legit chance he was not going to play in this game uh, with with his injury concerns. Uh, but he was active, didn't get his first catch until the first, uh, fourth quarter. So we'll see uh, we'll see how he progresses this week and how um, how much of a factor he might be next uh, next week. But a lot of weapons, of course, for the Panthers to to deal with. And again, it's the same situation as last week. You know, a young secondary against a lot of uh, a lot of talented receivers. And that pass rush really has to to step up. You know, if they're not getting a pass rush on Derek Carr and he's able to shred the defense, especially with a lot of short game. That was the big thing, too, with, with the Raiders' success. It was a lot of short game. You know, quick screens, slants, um, check downs, things like that. A lot of quick game for the, uh, for the, Pan- or for the Raiders to beat the Panthers. And... The Buccaneers certainly can do that as well. You know, quick passes to Miller or Godwin or even quick running back passes to Ronald Jones. This is going to be another big test, I think, for the Panthers. And they've got to get some pass rush. They've got to get some pressure on Tom Brady because he will kill the Panthers uh, if, if, they don't, if they do not put pressure on him. So that is imperative this week. That the Panthers get pressure on Tom Brady and disrupt the timing of this offense. We'll certainly, of course, uh, dig more into this game as the week goes by, and um, and I'm excited, of course, to talk on Thursday to our boys over at the Locked On Buccaneers podcast. So we'll certainly uh, certainly have a lot of fun this week previewing the Bucks. Like I said, tomorrow we'll try to get some uh, film work in, see maybe a couple plays, what happened, uh, maybe dig into those touchdown runs uh, for the Panthers and, uh, you know, just things that went right and things that they could uh, potentially improve on. We'll try to get that in on Tuesday. But this, I think, is a good uh, good spot to, to wrap things up here. Uh, as always, I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Uh, always fun to chat with you guys. Um, thanks for making me a part of your Monday. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Follow my work at Panthers Wire. 
and a little bit on Bengals wire as well too. Good good debut uh, for Joe Burrow. Uh, unfortunately, it ended the way it did with that interception and that um, and the uh, the the offensive pass interference and the shank of the kick. Very unfortunate, but Joe Burrow showed a lot of promise. But that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Thanks for making me a part of your Monday. Have a great rest of it, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.